Hello and welcome to a Waypoint Church podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to it. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way as you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet, and then turn and tear you to pieces. Thanks, Jim. Isn't that a lovely ending? They're going to tear you to pieces. What a great way to end a reading. Um, welcome. I'll just echo the welcome. Thank you, team, for, for leading us and for guiding us. And thank you at home for, for tuning in. And, uh, and, and I'm looking forward to digging into this passage a little bit. But before we do, I, I want to just test your, your, your amazing ability of understanding an acronyms, you know, those abbreviations. Uh, sometimes you may get them in a text or a message, and they, they write them in, and they assume you know what they are. So if you received a text message or an email that said ASAP on it, uh, um, what does that mean? That mean um, come on, team, you can shout it out if you want. Um, it means as soon as possible. That's an easy one. Absolutely. Okay, how about if someone wrote TTFN? Tot off for now. That's it. Those Winnie the Pooh fans. That was a Tigger comment as he bounced off. Um, how about RSVP? Okay, the, 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 it's a bit of French going on there. Basically, it says reply, doesn't it? You know what that means. Okay. Okay, how about if you got LOL? It clearly means. Oh, lots of love or, or, or laugh out loud. Now, see, that can be a little bit embarrassing, isn't it? You know, someone sends you a text and saying, my grandma is really ill, and you go, LOL, and you're laughing at them. That's not really good, is it? That, that's not a good thing to do. You're sending love, and it's sometimes abbreviations. Um, we sort of know what they mean, or we think we know what they mean, but the receiver may not know what they mean. And there's some, some miscommunication um, can happen. I think when it comes to some of Jesus' teaching, it can happen the same way. We, we sort of know what he says, um, and then we sort of put some guessing in there as well. And this subject that we're looking at this morning uh, of, of judging people, I think is one of those prime categories where we think, well, we know exactly what he says. He says, as Jim just read it, don't do it. Full stop, end of story, easy peasy, next subject. But, but I think it's worth pausing a little bit, because is that actually what Jesus is saying? Does he just mean don't judge, full stop? Because the truth is that judging is a little bit more complex than that. Because right now you are making judgments. You're making judgments on, do you agree that judging is a little bit more complex? You're, you're making a judgment on, do you think that what I'm about to say is going to be relevant? Or do you turn off now? Please don't. But you're making a judgment there. You've already made a judgment on the worship team and saying, did, did they do songs that I like in a way that I liked or not? You may be making a judgment on my shirt. You, you're making all sorts of constant judgments, that dialogue that's happening in your head. So is Jesus saying, don't do it. Stop it. Don't judge. Stop making all those assessments in your head. Uh, I'm not sure. Okay, how about this? How, 
TV, if you if you watch telly, you you know there's there's loads of shows that are on there that that request you to make a judgment. There's, there's Strictly Come Dancing. Uh, um, there's uh, has Britain, no, Britain has talent, question mark. There is um, The Voice. And what happens is people go and they do their thing and there's a little panel who make an instant judgment whether they think it's good or bad. And then we as viewers are invited to call in to support the one we think is best. Then there's a results program and they say all the votes have been added up and they say who came first. And, and let's be honest, if it's, if it's someone we disagree with, we think it's fraud. We think the wrong votes have been counted and we're going, we won't believe it. I don't care what they say. You know, can you imagine someone saying that? And, um, but, but we all can fall into that category because we're so convinced that we are right. So is Jesus saying, don't do that? Don't, don't be so convinced that you're right that you think everything is a fraud. It's Jesus basically saying, you know, strictly come dancing is just wrong. Now, personally, I agree with that. But I know other people around the country, they do like it. Um, but is that whole voting thing, when we're called to vote in, is that what Jesus is saying? Do not judge. And talking about judges, uh, it, tomorrow in law courts around the land, there's going to be judges and juries who are making decisions over whether people obeyed the law, followed the law, or broke the law. Is Jesus saying, nope, you shouldn't do that. You should just let them get away with it. Today, there will be parents and, and some, I mean, obviously not you guys, but, but your kids will be naughty. And is Jesus saying, don't judge them, just don't, don't, you've got to affirm them, you've just got to let them do what they want, don't be judgy parents, let your kids do whatever they want. Is that what Jesus is saying? See, then you actually read scripture, you read the Bible, and actually Jesus himself talks about the difference between good and evil, good and bad. So he, he clearly makes a distinction. So is Jesus saying, no, you shouldn't make a distinction, at the same time as he's saying you should make a distinction? And, and so this whole area of, of judging is a little bit gray and hazy at times. Because the truth is, we do need to distinguish between good and bad. Is law courts do need to decide if someone has broken the law or not. Parents do need to, to instruct their kids wisely. Um, people on TV, these talent shows, they need to be told they don't have talent. Sorry, that's a little bit personal thing there. But, but actually, we need to do this. So when we come to this Matthew 7, where Jesus says, do not judge, what is he saying? See, I think what he's saying is we need to press pause and think. See, the heart behind the Sermon on the Mount is not a list of rules of do's and don'ts and then everything's fine. Jesus is setting out what it means to be a follower of him, what it means to be a person who walks the Jesus way. And it's not about a list of things to do. What it is is a way of, of changing our thinking and then allowing that thinking to change our behavior for how we think impacts how we live. Jesus has three words that keep coming back to we need to understand with his Sermon on the Mount, and that is blessing. God's heart is he wants to bring blessing. But it requires us to change our thinking, be transformed in our thinking to match God's way of thinking, and then to let that impact how we live. And I think Jesus here, when it comes to judging everyone, which we're always constantly doing, Jesus is saying you need to think differently, and we need to learn to press pause and to think. And I think there's three categories that Jesus covers in this reading of how we're to think differently. 
You might want to take some notes here because I'm going to rattle through a whole bunch of small things that would be helpful. I think they're all helpful, but certain things are going to be more helpful to you uh, um, right now and in the future. So if you want to take notes, that might be helpful, or you can rewind and listen again. Okay, three areas that Jesus says to stop and think, to pause and think about when it comes to judging others. The first one is a really, really powerful one. It's called boomerangs. Now, if you check the verses, you'll notice that the word boomerang does not appear. It's not in the original Greek. Apparently, it's not even in the Australian version. It, it does not say boomerang, but, but we all know what boomerangs reportedly do. Boomerangs is when you chuck them, they then come back at you. And this is what Jesus wants us to stop and think about, is that when we come to a situation, it says before you, you, you give your verdict, before you, give, you share all of your knowledge, what you think in your opinion, he says, I want you to pause and think boomerangs. Now, the Bible doesn't say boomerangs, but have you ever heard of the phrase, um, you, you reap what you sow? You know, if you sow, you know, if you sow apple trees, you're going to get apple trees from that, is you reap what you sow. Or you may have heard the phrase, um, what goes around comes around. Well, both of those phrases are biblical as well. The, the reaping what you sow is from Galatians 6, and what goes around comes around is Ecclesiastes chapter 1. But what the, the Bible says is, is the way that we choose to live, what overflows from our mouth, the way we choose to act, actually has a boomerang effect, has an effect of coming back at us. So if you are, are harsh and judgmental and unforgiving, what you will find is what comes back to you is of similar vein. Equally, if you are loving and forgiving and caring, what, what comes back is the same thing. Now, it doesn't happen all the time. I'm sure we've all done this. You, you know, you remember the days when you're busy out, out in shops and things and, and you'd open the door for someone? I'm sure we've done this. We've opened the door and someone just sort of strolled past you as though you're the door person and you go, yeah, you're welcome. So you do something kind and it, it doesn't get reciprocated. But the Bible says this, there is this truth in life that, that what you do comes back to you. So what Jesus is saying is don't judge or you will be judged. And it says just to pause and think of boomerangs. In the way that we treat people, in the way that we react, it will come back on us. But actually the Bible says it's bigger than that. It's not just in the people around us, at work, at home, in situations like that. It also reflects to God as well. Because God says as, as you judge, it will come back on you. The same scoop and portions that you use to, to dish it out, God will dish it to us as well. Which is quite a frightening thought. If, if you ponder of all, the, all the, the, the judgments you've made on people, the critiques, uh, the, the way you've categorized people, and, and, and whether that's harshly or lightly, if you think how you have treated friends, neighbors, strangers, and if God was to use that same list on you, if God used that same category, that same scoop, as it were, uh, of, of judgment on you, I wonder how you would fare. That's, that's quite a sobering thing, really, isn't it? But this is what Jesus is saying. When he says, do not judge or you will be judged, what he's saying is, look, before you share your comment, before you, 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 you spout forth that reaction, he says, just pause and understand that what we give will come back to us. Jesus then moves on to another area. So one area is, is, is what you give is what you're going to get. The second area is this. He, he says, need to be aware of what you are ignoring. What are you ignoring? A number of years ago, I had the privilege of speaking at a, a quite a big conference called Spring Harvest. 
And um, I was in the morning session speaking to about, about five or 600 people. And uh, I was tag teaming with, with two other people. We had this study guide and the three of us had to uh, um, break it into pieces and, and then teach it in conjunction. Now, the thing is we all lived around the country, different places. So we did some phone calls and things like that and did some preparations separately. But on the day, we sat in the morning over breakfast and we said, look, this is what I'm gonna be doing and this is what I'm gonna be doing and, and, and to make sure that we are cohesive in the way that we are, are, are teaching. Uh, um, so, so I remember Rachel, she shared her idea. She said, look, I had this first section. I'm going to be doing that and this. And myself and this other fellow went, he said, you know, I think that's really strong. Maybe hold back on that a little bit because we're covering it later. And, and, and I, I would just skip that bit. And then she would make notes. And then it came to me and I shared my bit. And they, they all gave feedback to me. And then we went to this, the, the third guy. And his responses were really weird. Um, and, and it came to the point where Rachel and I said, have you actually looked at the study guide? And it turned out he hadn't even looked, he hadn't even read it. In, in just probably an hour's time, he's going to be stood in front of 500 people and he hadn't even read the study guide. But, but beyond that is he was critiquing us, telling us we should change that, don't do this, do this. And he didn't have a clue of what he actually was even teaching. What Jesus says in our reading it is, do you know, it's so easy to, to appoint ourselves as experts on other people and totally ignore and excuse the shortcomings that are in us. Jesus used the analogy of sawdust in, 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 your, in a brother's eye. I mean, oh, you got like a log sticking out of your eye. I mean, it's, it's so extreme, it's supposed to be stupid, but it is because Jesus is saying, but to be honest, that is the reality. It's so easy to find ourselves rushing in and commenting on saying, do you know what, Cause the way that person uses finances, it's just crazy. Meanwhile, our finances are a bit of a mess. But, but have you ever noticed that we're, we're really good at forgiving ourselves, at ignoring that, at justifying, oh, my mind doesn't really matter. I'm focusing on them. And Jesus is saying, it does. Jesus says, there's another word for it, it's called Humility. It's understand that, that we need to, to examine ourselves. We need to understand that, do you know, maybe I'm not quite as expert as I want to put out. And Jesus says, when it comes to judging, you know, press that pause button and understand that what you give is going to come back, but also understand that, that maybe you're not quite as good as you think you are. Now, that's hard because some of the areas we're actually quite good at but Jesus is just saying, be mindful, maybe, because I'm not sure if you've noticed this, but if you had a log in your eye, you're going to be blind in that eye. It's called a blind spot. I wonder if you're aware of your blind spots. The thing is, many of us think we're very aware of our blind spots, but the truth is, if you're blind, you don't know what you can't see. And, and Jesus is just saying, be mindful when it comes to judging people. That there may be things in your life that you excuse that, that, that you're blind to. So just be cautious and put humility there. A number of years ago, uh, when I was much younger, I, I was involved with a, a, a drama team. We, we would go and do workshops and perform all over the place. Uh, I remember this one venue. It was, it was quite a big, a big youth event. We spent the whole day doing workshops and drama, and we had some really good conversations, and we're sharing our faith and, and how Jesus might fit into stuff along that. And then in the evening, there was a, 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 a celebration with, with worship, like we, similar to what we just had. Uh, and this guy who was an evangelist, he came in, and he was going to just share what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. 
Now, we had been there all day. He just came in a little bit late, I seem to remember. And we had done some stuff, the worship we had, we did some drama. And then he came in, rushed off the train. And he comes in and he speaks. And if I'm really honest, he was absolutely not very good. He, he spoke way over the kids' heads. He jumped from analogy to analogy. He was, there was, it was so, I'm just getting more and more cross. To be honest, I'm just going, that's, he's doing, he jumps up. Roughly, that's what I was saying. Um, but in my head, I was just getting more and more wound up and saying, this guy is just doing such a bad job and, and he's not doing what he should and this and that. And then it came to the end and I'm going, thank goodness he's finishing. As I know some of you are feeling on me now, but I, he was that point. And then he goes, look, if anyone wants to follow Jesus, could you put your hand up? And about 40 kids put their hand up to follow Jesus. And I just went, oh God, I'm so sorry. I was so focused on my expertise on how it should be done that I missed that God was doing something bigger. Now, I'm not saying that guy couldn't have been better, but it had to do with my attitude. Because this is what Jesus is talking about in this passage. He's saying, what is your attitude when it comes to judging? He says, you need to understand that, that as we act and react to people, that will come back on us. Stop and think about that, how you're doing that. Secondly, he says, but ask yourself, what am I ignoring in myself? He, by the way, Jesus isn't saying you've got to be perfect before you can say anything. He's not saying that. But what he's saying is be aware and address areas in your life before you say, I'm an expert on this and acting like an expert, knowing full well that you're not. So that's the second thing that Jesus says, the second area. The third area is this, is we need to pause, to press pause and think, how can I respond to this with wisdom? Jesus tells us another, this dramatic thing about throwing your wisdom on to pearls amongst pigs and then getting torn apart by pigs, which is a, a very graphic uh, um, picture. But I wonder, has, has that ever happened to you? I, I don't mean physically getting torn apart by pigs, because if that has, I'm surprised you're listening to us because you're in pieces. Um, but, but actually, I think some of us have experienced that. Where, where we've spoken and we've shared our thoughts and our comments and the response hasn't just been hostile, but it's been really aggressive. And, and at the end of that, uh, of that conversation is we feel torn apart like pigs. Uh, and what Jesus is saying here is some of the times when we feel torn apart because they just didn't listen and they, were, they got logs in their eyes and this and that and the other and how terrible that person is, is I think Jesus is saying, make sure that you apply wisdom before you speak. And wisdom is that boomerang, understanding that it'll come back to you, understanding that there may be some big blind spots in yourself, but also in the way that you speak to the people is apply wisdom. Three quick uh, little wisdom pointers, um, and I'll use an acronym just to link up with the beginning. The, the first one is, is BBM, brain before mouth. I, I wonder if this has ever happened to you. If something's come out of your mouth before it's looped around your brain. And I know it never happens to, to us, obviously, but I think that can happen more than we want to admit. And, and what wisdom says is, I'm going to think about this a little bit more before I share. Some good things to think about is, does it really need to be said? Because I think sometimes is we are so keen on wanting to say something, and actually is we want to say it more than they need to hear it is we need to, just in that BBM moment, go, does it actually need to be said? And sometimes it does. So then you need to say, am I the right person to say it? Because sometimes, you know, I'm sure you've heard people say, something needs to be said, and I'm the one who's going to say it. 
And, and you're going, well, who appointed you? If it was yourself who appointed you, then you need to just pause a bit more. Maybe it's your responsibility. Maybe it's your line manager or something. And it actually is their role. But to pause and saying, am I the right person? And then thirdly, is this the right time to say it? I think sometimes we've got ripped apart by pigs because we just told it at a really bad time. And we need to just pause and think. Brain before mouth is, does it really need to be said? Am I the right person? Is this the right time? So BBM. The next one is OFM. Now, we looked at this a couple weeks ago. It's one fact more. It's to ask ourselves before I share my insight, my judgment, my comment, is there one fact more that may change my understanding? So that person at work who's really annoying and they've been stomping around, they've been grumpy, as opposed to concluding they are clearly just a bad manager, maybe if you knew there's one fact more because their parent has just been diagnosed with a, a really bad condition. Or maybe they just had a really difficult, challenging situation with a, another family member or, or, or even another member of staff. If you found that one fact more, would it then change your perspective? Or how about that person who just does not reply? You need them, you, you need them to reply. You've texted them. You, you've emailed them. You've tried every single thing, and they are just ignoring you. And aren't they, isn't it really annoying when people just ignore your, your reaching out to try to contact them, especially when there's urgency in it, and it gets really, really annoying, and you can say, you make that judgment. And they're so frustrating. They're so irresponsible. They're so this. They're so that. One fact more, actually, they had a technology meltdown. Their, their phone got destroyed or something like that. And it's not that they're ignoring you. is They never got your message. You know, we're all worked up mad at them, and we're making judgments on them. And the truth is they never even heard from us. One thing that, that applies to me, I've had this a couple of times, is people have, have got very mad at me because I've ignored them. They, they said, I've totally ignored them. I've judged them. I, you know, I'm not practicing what I preached. And, and to say, you know, that Mark is just rude. And, and the reason is because the one fact more is, is I'm actually blind. I, I have less than 2% vision. I, I can't see people's faces. I can't see people. I can miss buildings because my sight is so poor. And one fact more is that I wasn't ignoring you. I just didn't see you. And that will change our judgment on things. I wonder, have you ever been in a situation and you, you felt judged and you thought, if only they knew, if only they knew this, if only they knew that, then maybe they would have changed how they respond to me. OFM is like that, but the other way around. As opposed to saying, I wish they knew about me, is that we put that grace and benefit to the other person. I wonder if there's another factor involved here. That's a really good place to find wisdom. And the last one, so you've got BBM, you've got OFM, and, and you've got BFG, not the big friendly giant, but be full of grace. Be full of grace. Is that when you share, when you do share that truth, because sometimes it does need to be shared, and it really does, make sure that your comment is, is lavished with grace. I don't mean sugar-coated like, I'm going to say this in love. Whack! Okay, that, that's not what Jesus means here. But what it means is, is make sure you're full of grace. If there's a, if there's a tension between um, grace and mercy and judgment, as in, uh, you know, is, am I sounding judgy or am I sounding mercy, full of grace, grace and mercy, lean on the side of grace and mercy. This is in James 2, that those who are, are 
who put judgment without mercy will face that judgment, but mercy triumphs over judgment. Be full of grace. In John 8, Gospel of John, we hear this story of um, the religious leaders pull this woman caught in adultery before Jesus. And they say, Jesus, you know, you say, don't judge. You talk about grace. You talk about all of this. But this woman is committing a, a sinful act. And the law says she should be stoned. What are you going to say right now, right here, in front of you? What are you going to do? It was a very awkward, difficult, tense situation. And Jesus is confronted. He needs to make a judgment. And what does Jesus do? Jesus practices BBM, OFM, BFG. Because what he does, brain before mouth, he pauses. It says he actually started writing some things in the sand. He just paused and took time. I reckon going through Jesus' mind is, okay, what do I need to say? He's probably shooting up arrow prayers and saying, Father, I need some help here. I need wisdom here. I'm just not going to speak out. I need a bit of space. So he didn't get rushed into it. He then OFM. I'm sure he was going, so the woman caught in adultery. Well, where's the man then? Why do you only pull one of them before me, not both of them? And say, is something else happening? Which there was. The religious leaders were trying to trap him. You say, don't judge. So it wasn't about the woman. They weren't caring about her. They had a different agenda going on. And then BFG be full of grace. Jesus' response was stunning. He said, let the person who is without sin throw the first stone. Let the person who doesn't have a speck or a log in their eye, let them do it first. They go ahead, go for it. And it said one by one, they all went, oh, and they disappeared. They all, they all walked away because they realized they had messed up as well. Until it got to the scene where it was just Jesus in front of this woman. Now, Jesus, here's the incredible thing. Jesus is the one who was without sin. Jesus was the one who actually could have thrown a stone. Jesus was the one who is God in flesh, who could have judged her and condemned her. And what does he say? He says, neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. That's it. I'm astounded by this. Because Jesus didn't say, well, okay, let me now explain to you what you've done wrong. Let me detail it out. Let me get a PowerPoint out. Let me tell you how wrong and how bad you were. I think she probably knew. She didn't need a lecture. What she needed was grace. And it wasn't Jesus saying, oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's just sin. He didn't do that either. He said, now go and sin no more. You need to change your ways. But what he did is he allowed mercy to triumph over judgment. I'm so thankful that I have a God, that we have a God, who when we come to him with our mess-ups, with our things we've done wrong and attitude and action, is what he is, is a God who wants to put blessing and mercy on us. He doesn't say judgment doesn't matter. The cross, Jesus dying on a cross and, and rising again, says that, that actually wrong does matter. But God's heart the first thing we bump into is that of grace. And this is what Jesus is talking about here in Matthew 7. Don't judge or you will be judged. You know, sort the log in your own eye before you do the speck in someone else. Be careful and wise as you share your wisdom or you're going to risk being torn apart by pigs. 
He's saying, what I want you to do is remember boomerangs. Remember, what am I ignoring in myself? And then how do I apply wisdom in that situation? I wonder, are there, are there some situations, some people at work or at home where if you're really honest, you probably don't do what Jesus says? I, I guarantee that you can think of people who need to hear this sermon. You, you go, I hope they're listening to that. I need to, I need to send them the link to this. I wish they would do that. I wish they'd do that. And, and okay, I have an idea. Let's leave them to God because you can't control them. But what you can do is yourself. And say, God, what, how do I need to respond to what you're saying? Jesus, how do, I, how do I respond that I am a person who responds like Jesus does? You know, thankfully, God doesn't come with condemnation or with judgment. He comes with mercy to me and you. Whether we are not very good at that or not too bad at that, he still comes to us with mercy. In, in a few minutes, minutes' time, we're going to be sharing in communion, which is a, an awesome time to pause and to, to come to God and to receive healing from him and direction and, and, and just the, the, the power of the Spirit in us. But before we do that, I want us just to pause and to go, but how do I need to respond in my relationships, with my dealing with people, at work, at home, with my neighbors? Are there areas that I have to say, God, I'm so sorry? Are there areas that I need to choose a different way? Are there areas that I need to apply wisdom Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are a merciful God. I thank you that you don't just call us to live like this. You actually have led the way and continue to lead the way of life, the Jesus way. Father, I pray right now that you may be stirring in my hearts and, and our viewers' hearts and, and even those people in the auditorium here, their hearts. Where are those places where I need to be honest with you, Jesus, and go, can you help me to change? I thank you that there's hope, but we need to be honest. And we come to you. We come to communion in a minute, but we come to you, your altar, to that place to meet with you, because we need you.